Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas podcast, where the attitude is everything, the 98.2. Uh, today, I'm really excited to be able to have on the show uh, Mr. Matt Gay from uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's the kicker. Uh, I'm so excited to be able to have you on the show, buddy. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, man, no problem. Thanks for, uh, for having me. And again, sorry for being in the car and <laughs> on the go. But oh. uh, sometimes life gets, gets ahead of you. Well, of course, of course. I think that you have you have uh, 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 quite a schedule. Um, amazing that way, and then you have a little one too. And your your wife is there with you. Am I correct? Yep. Uh-huh. That's we're, an, all, we're all in the car right now. That's incredible, man. How old's the little one? He is coming up on nine months. Oh god, you're in it. You're in it right now. Yeah, we're. We're fully in it right now. Yes, you are, man. I heard. Uh, oh, it's fun though. <laughs> I heard you have a great British accent, by the way, too. <laughs> uh, maybe unintentional. I uh, pick up tonations and things that I just being around the wife and her family and everything like that. Here's the wife chilling. How you doing? Hey, uh, I I didn't get the good accent, but I was born and I don't know where your wife is from. Where Where are you from? In uh, is it is it England or is it London? Where are you at? Uh, where's your wife from? In... No, where's your wife from? Oh, she's from Kent. From Kent. Okay. So I'm from, I'm, I, I, I was born in Lakenheath, um, and near Suffolk. Um, so I didn't get the cool accent, but, uh, it all works oh, no. out. It all works out, man. So I wanted to hop right in cause I want to respect your time. I think it's amazing to be able to, uh, have you on the podcast. I'm a, uh, a huge football fan, been a football fan my whole, uh, whole entire life. Um, and so I wanted to, uh, kind of jump right into, you know, how you got started in it, um, where, where it began, where did you play football growing up or, you know, was it, uh, was it something that kind of happened to you? Yeah. So actually I never played football growing up at all. Um, up until my senior year of high school, I was a, I was a soccer player. So I played soccer my whole life and then kind of worked out my senior year of high school that we got a new coach and he was like, Hey, I don't care if you come to practice, just show up Friday night and kick in the game. And I was like, ah, that sounds fun. I mean, I can do that. And so I got to be able to play soccer and then just kind of show up Friday night and kick in the games and had a blast doing it. And then I uh, actually didn't play anything after that. Picked up an injury in practice of football and uh, ended up being sidelined for six months and then kind of getting back into soccer. And then I played two years of college soccer afterwards. And then soccer just kind of wasn't going the way I'd wanted it to. Uh-huh. And the opportunity kind of came. Someone mentioned being able to come and kick and – I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a go and try it out. And so had a few tryouts, got one at the at University of Utah, went and uh, ended up winning the, the tryout, the camp or whatever it was, and got offered a walk-on spot and competed for a job, ended up winning the job and had a, I guess it worked out all right for me. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I would say, I would say that it worked out pretty good. So you're, let's go, yeah. let's reverse back a little bit. You got an injury when you're yeah. in high school, man. How are you going to get an injury when you're uh, when you're going one day? Like one day, you you got to hang out. You got to do the great schedule. So what kind of injury was it? Was it a knee? Was it an ankle? What was it? It was an it was a knee, and we had actually made it to state. Okay. And it was in a practice, like a Wednesday or something. Soccer was done, and it was going into state for football. And I had, we were doing field goal, and I just kicked it 
and uh, a younger kid on the team trying to, I guess, make an impression or try to block the kick and runs my foot planted, his no. helmet hit my knee and hyperextended. I had a partial ACL, partial MCL, torn meniscus. Okay. Kind of just ripped my knee up a little bit. And, uh, yeah, that put me, put me out for like six months and yeah, that was the last time I played football. Wow. That's crazy, <laughs> man. Well, yeah, I heard, I heard you were, later. I heard you were a beast in soccer too. Uh, I, I heard that, uh, there was a thing called, uh, that kids had to get against the wall and no one wanted to get against the wall when you were kicking. <laughs> who's, who's telling you? <laughs> hey man, I do my research on you, baby. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I just think it's incredible, no, I appreciate man. It. So but yeah, I guess, uh, grow, growing up, I was known for just having a, a strong leg. I could, I could hit a ball and. No one, I guess, wanted to be in the wall. They might get hit. So, how'd you prepare? Like, how do you prepare as a soccer player? Because growing up, I mean, you were like you grazed over the soccer playing part, but you were on the U.S. team too. Am I correct? In Florida, you went out to Florida, and you were, I mean, gangster as can be. You were top notch, and in that sport, and then you're like, "Ah, I'm going to play football. Like, and then you played at the highest level, man. This is this is (laughs) nuts. It's incredible. Yeah. So. And what I hear is that you smashed a over sixty-one yard field goal in high school. So I had uh, my longest that I actually made in high school in a game was fifty-four. Uh-huh. I I attempted a sixty-three, I think. And they they but had I a missed, penalty. I, they had a penalty, right? And but you made it, yep. and you made it by a long shot. Yeah. So you're so, humble. You're humble. Yeah, there you I go. So. There you go, Matt. That's why you got that beautiful lady with you too, Matt. That's why that's right. why she stays around cuz you're humble, her. man. That's Look awesome, man. Hey, that's the that's the trick in life is to marry up. Your wife is very beautiful. You married up, brother, so you're going to be uh, grateful every morning when you wake up. What happens if you marry too far up though? Oh, man, you're going to be out? you're going to be real grateful all the time. You're yeah. going to be real grateful. I I married I married up too, man. Um Awesome. You have to Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, a couple things, um, you know, as far as preparation, we, well, let's go to that because, uh, I believe that, uh, you have a killer instinct because all the things that I've heard about you, researched about you, it shows me that you have this, you have this thing, you have this switch that turns on that, like, and I've watched your interviews. Um, you're, you're a leader in a position where most people don't think of that being the leader on the team. Um, where does that come from? Yeah. Where does that preparation come from? I think it just comes from, like how I was raised and just kind of who I am. I mean, I've just always been a super confident kid Um, on all my soccer teams growing up. I was just confident. It didn't matter what I was doing or what sport I was playing or who I was playing against. Like I was, I was going to beat you like growing up with five older brothers. It was like, I've got to raise my level and compete to these guys or else I'm, I'm going to get smacked all the time. And so I just kind of had to raise my level and, always played up and always played with people that were better than me. And I think it just kind of made me mentally tough and strong to just kind of compete with anybody, you know, like stare them in the eye and say, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to beat you. And I think that just kind of stuck over and carried me through my life and in all my sports and soccer and now in football and being a kicker is tough, right? Because yeah, it's, you're a part of the team, but you're not because like you're so distant and separate of what you're doing. And you're so all like, you're never with the, t- like all practice. So you're all kind of off on your own and stuff. And so it's kind of, 
you really just kind of have to lead by example because you don't get tons of opportunities to like be with the guys and with the team during stuff. And so just kind of leading by example and making sure that when you get your opportunities, you take control of them and, you know, let your teammates know that they can trust you. And that's kind of just how I've, and yeah, I mean, obviously you got to reset, right? You go from being a senior in college and then you come into the NFL and you're, you're bottom of the totem pole again. I mean, you're a rookie. And so you kind of got to earn your stripes and figure out how to navigate that role again. But it's been fun. And I just try to take those opportunities and make sure my teammates know that they can trust me and that they can uh, believe in me when, when my number gets called. So. So when you're playing at that level, right? I mean, because you've played at that, you've played at crazy levels your whole entire life. I mean, you're a yeah. humble guy, but I can brag on you. And, uh, you know, you've got that killer instinct. What are the things, like, what are the things that you do when you prepare physically? Like, what are some of the, the regiments that you take yourself through? Because your preparation is probably a hell of a lot different than uh, somebody who maybe hasn't experienced the level of success that you have. Yeah, I mean, it's literally this becomes your job like this is and it's kind of a weird thought because people go to the office they do their thing that nine to five is their job but me like your body becomes your job and who you are and so being able to manage that time and take the time to work out and then go straight from working out to recovery and making sure your flexibility is good and getting stretched and that, that becomes your nine to five. And so you kind of have to learn uh, these things that you'd kind of normally do. People just go to the gym on their leisure time to, you know, for two hours to get, but that, that's your nine to five. And so just making sure that you're really dialed in on your workouts, making sure you're building up through the week. And so when it comes game time, you're, you're not sore, your legs are fresh, you're counting your reps. So you're, you're not kicking too much during the week. And so you're tired on game day just making sure that you're very precise on everything you do, um, the workouts you do that make sure that you're the best possible shape you can be on Sundays. Well, I've just been reading a book. It's by Tim Grover. I don't know if you know Tim Grover, but uh, he was a trainer for uh, for Michael Jordan, for Dwayne Wade. Okay. Um, the guy is a beast. And what he was talking about is uh, the difference between a, um, uh, a closer and a cleaner. And a cleaner, it seems like, well, I want you to read about it because it seems like to me, you have the characteristics of a cleaner, meaning that if you go into competition with somebody, you know who's going to win. Like if they step off in the ring with you, it's a bad day for them. Uh, what, yeah. he, what Tim Grover was talking about too, is that only 20% of what he worked on with these elite athletes was physical and 80% was mental. What are the mental preparations that you put yourself through to be able to get yourself ready where literally the game is on the line and you're the guy that either walks away and does your job and you're not going to get the accolades because the quarterback's generally going to get the, the uh, interview. But if you yeah. don't, then you're the guy who gets slammed in the media. How do you prepare yourself? Oh yeah. Mentally. Well, I've been on the, I've been on the not part and, uh, be getting slammed. And so I can attest to kind of being and going through that. I mean, it's, it's all down to like who you are as a person, what you, what holds you down? Like, what are your values, what you believe in, like who's in your corner and just being able to know that deep down, like you're capable of, of doing this job. And, you know, you got to reset because it happens quick. I mean, the week goes on quick and then you're, you're back under the lights 
a week later having to go out there and perform again after you just failed and got slammed for it. So mentally preparation is huge. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that can, that can kick a football, but it's the six inches between the eye. I mean, that is really going to set you apart. Can you handle the pressure, the stress? Can you, yes, you, you can kick when everything's going good, right? And you're confident and you're making them, but can you miss one and then be able to reset and come back and hit hit the next one? And just going through like mental imagery, you know, taking that time where you can just see yourself doing it, getting that muscle memory and confident in knowing that when you step up to that ball, it's going in. There's no question in your mind and you're going to do your thing. You're going to bang it. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And the next kick's the next kick. And so just being able to separate that and also just being able to be so confident in who you are and like what holds you down that no matter what happens that in life, you're going to be okay. And that it's a privilege to play this game and, you know, like, if, if it doesn't work out, you're going to be good. So well, I think that's kind of what my mental preparation and my mental, like, makeup is, is all said and done. If this doesn't go, you know, I go out there, I'm going to lay my my heart on the line and do everything I can. But football's not who I am. It's it's a part of what I do. It's It's what I get to do. But there's so much other things that my wife, my kid, my religion that, are who I am that mentally make me up that I can go out there and perform and do what I do. That's amazing, man. So this is the billion dollar question. I asked this of business owners all over the country. I just yeah. actually interviewed uh, uh, John Robinson, the general manager of the Tennessee Titans. And when I was talking okay. to him, I said that, that if the billion dollar question is, uh, does, is a person born with it? Do you believe you were born with it? Or do you think it was forged by your environment and by uh, your nurturing? both i mean i think people are definitely born with god-given gifts Mm -hmm. but you've got to work for those gifts you can't just do nothing and be successful i mean every single every single person that has made it in life that has been successful has had to sacrifice has had to struggle has had to risk a lot of things and i think i was blessed with the ability with the, with the leg to kick and the mental makeup. But I mean, that doesn't mean that I haven't had to lift my leg or go out there and kick or work on it or figure out how to get stronger mentally or handle all these things. So I think both, I think God gives us certain gifts, but he expects us to work for the access to those gifts if that if that makes sense absolutely absolutely you've got to put forth the work and the faith to gain access to the full potential of the gifts he gives us right on man uh you know so talk to us about one of those setbacks i mean let's talk specifics um have you had have you had those where i mean where obviously i mean you have you've had game winners and you've had ones Uh that game was on the line and it didn't work out. Take us through one of the setbacks, uh, you know, specifically and take us through there mentally, because I think a lot of times people think, you know, 
they're a fan of the game. They watch it and they're like, oh man, you should have done that. You should have caught the ball. That's all you're supposed to do. You should have thrown the ball. That's all. But they don't understand all the things that you have to go through for the next couple of days or even weeks after. So take us through that. Yeah. Uh, Week three last year, uh, playing the Giants. I came out of the gate struggling. I missed an extra point and then we scored another touchdown and I got an extra point blocked. And I come to the sideline and I'm like, man, what is happening? Like I was kicking good in pregame. I, I, I kind of got to reset my mind, figure out, okay, I'm doing this. I've got to go out there, be confident, nail it. And I end up going on. I make the next seven kicks in the game, I think. Six kicks in the game. And then it's coming down to the wire field goal to win the game and I go out there so confident that I'm going to bang this thing through I was so ready for it I had pictured this moment in my mind a million times and I get up there I hit the ball and I look up wide right clock expires we lose the game by one point and Immediately, I'm like, wait, what just happened? Like, that's not the way this was supposed to go. Um, immediately, your thought starts going to, like, what am I going to do? Like, what? Like, does this mean I'm going to get cut? Does this mean, like, I'm out of a job? Like, oh, no. And what people don't see is that this is your job. And that I come off the field with 50,000 people screaming, calling for my head. And, right, the argument is you get paid a lot of money to do a job, so you got to be able to deal with it. And rightfully so, but it's nobody experiences that at their day job with someone in their cubicle screaming at them because they had a typo on their computer. Or they, you know, they were laid on an assignment or their paper. They got screamed by their entire office and just cursed at. And people don't see the, the direct messages on social media that people come after, you know, your family. People come after people are messaging just because they know me. People are getting messages like you shouldn't be friends with this guy because he's a bum. He can't do his job. Like people don't see that side of it. So, I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's a brutal world and, you know, it comes with the job for sure. Especially being a kicker. That's, you're either, right. You're not heard of until you really screw up. So you got to kind of live with that. You're either the hero. I either make that I'm the hero or I'm not. And, you know, people are calling for my head. So just dealing with those setbacks just being able to handle those and, you know, gather that information, like regather yourself, regather your emotions in your head and be able to settle and come back the next week and, and have a good game. 
which is, you know, what I did. So, so, uh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to re I'll re ask you the question. So we talked about the setback, but I think the, the, the other side of it is, um, you had a phenomenal rookie season. You were 77% from field goal, 89% from extra point. You had a long field goal of 58 yards, which is second in the NFL. And you were fifth in points at 124 points for the season as a rookie. I mean, this is amazing. Talk to us about the Browns and the Dolphins game. We, you talked to us about the Giants game. That's the setback part. Yeah. But then let's talk about the Browns and the Dolphins because you sent them home. You sent them packing. How'd you feel in that time? Yeah. I mean, those are, I mean, I got a, they're preseason, right? Hey. So it's, it's any season. It's, it's tough to, you know, argue because people are always going to say, I mean, those games don't matter, this and that. But, it's the same feeling. It's the same emotion, right? The game winner, like you comes down to you and you put the, the dagger in it and, you know, win the game for your team, whether it's preseason or not. But, I mean, those, those moments are, that's what I knew it was like. And I think looking back on that giants game, right. I was so, I, I, I was almost overconfident Okay. that I knew it was going in and I was so excited for that moment that I, overlooked my process and like the steps I needed to take to actually make the kick. Wow. Like I kind of got, I got ahead of myself with the, with knowing it was going in, I think looking at it was overconfidence because there was never a doubt. So that's when I missed it. It was like the biggest shock. So looking back at it months later, it's like, okay, I think I was almost overconfident. I had done it before. I knew I was waiting for this moment where I then neglected actually, you know, going through the process of taking my steps, my deep breath, making sure I'm focused in and actually banging it through and then celebrating afterwards. It was, it was an overconfidence thing for me. And I know what it was supposed to feel like because of the Browns and, and <laughs> Dolphins game, but you can't get out of the moment. That'll come. That moment will come. There's a moment beforehand that you've got to take care of. And so that's just kind of what I've learned from, being on both ends of it, being on, you know, being the the one who sent him home and also being the one who sent us home. So, so how quickly now, because I mean, honestly, like you don't have much time to recover because you, uh, sometimes you gotta, I mean, if you, uh, if you play on Sunday and then you have a Thursday game, you, I mean, there's no time at all. If you're playing on yeah. Sunday to Sunday, you got a little bit of time. How quickly are, have you been able to adapt now from, Hey, uh, I think the greatest uh, uh, comment that uh, John Madden said was that in the NFL, you have to have a lot of confidence and a short memory. Yeah. Oh yeah. And now how long does it take you to, to reset and just go like, okay, cool. That's the past. That was the last, is it kick by kick now? Or is it, I mean, does it take a little bit of time for you? Oh, kick by kick. Whether, I mean, whether it goes in or you miss, it's gotta be what, you know, like short memory, whatever happened on that kick, say it went in, right? Just cause that one went in doesn't mean the next one's going to go in. So it's got to be, it's good, you know, boom, like, and the next one's the only kick that matters. So just being like, I have one kick that I've got to make. Or you miss one and it's, okay, why did I miss it? Uh, maybe I was a little quick on my approach, you know, this and that. How do I fix it? Fix it, gone, next kick. So it's definitely kick by kick for me now. And it has to be. Tough part with, 
that is I spend 99% of my time on the, in a game on the sideline. A, a lot of guys, and I'm, I'm not saying it's good or bad either way. I'm just stating that like an offensive lineman, he misses a block. It's there's no time to almost even process it. It's just like, okay, back in the next play, you know, you've got to go to the back the next play. Whereas me, I miss the kick. I've got to run off the sideline. I've got to sit there for who knows, maybe an hour I'm sitting there Wow. after a miss. And you're kind of, how do you deal with the hour of you just missed a kick? And you're like, okay, where a lot of guys, other positions kind of get a jump right back in and get, get the block in 30 seconds, you know, or make the, get the next catch or other things. Whereas me, I come on for, I could come on for one time in a game, two times in a game. And it, it, you got to be, able to get rid of it quick and then get back in and locked in to the next kick, whether that went in or it didn't go in. So how is it with the, like on the sidelines too, because, you know, obviously you'll, you'll always, they'll always film the quarterback and the, the receiver hanging out, like slap a five and stuff like that. Yeah. Like you're a part of this fraternity, right? And you're expected to be perfect, right? Because if uh-huh. you miss, then people are like, Oh, you shouldn't have missed. But like you said, you go on one out one time an hour, possibly. Um, yeah. And how is it as far as the camaraderie on the team and things like that? I mean, is it do, do people wrap you up and they're the you, you know how is that? My teammates were really good. I mean, especially going back to that Giants game, I had teammates immediately come up to me and be like, "Hey, man, you're good. Like, bounce back. We're gonna need you." Uh, Hey, that wasn't on you. I mean, the team did a lot of other things, you know, but I mean, and I mean, they, they really have my back. I think definitely there comes down to a time. If it continues, it's gotta be some tough love. Like people have got to be like, dude, come on. Like, let's, you gotta go. Like we, we need these kicks. Like you can't be. And and that's what the NFL is. Right. I mean, you can't, you can't go a few games with missing kicks because you're out. I mean, you just can't have that. And so it's definitely a tough love system, but I had great teammates that, you know, in times like that, or in times when you miss one, they're, they're, they got your back and, you know, it's, it's nothing but love. You, they push you. I mean, they might say some things, but it's nothing, but they want you to succeed and they want the team to succeed. And they know that the kicker is most of the time, the highest score scoring person on the team. And those points especially in NFL games. I mean, these games are close. So, I mean, an extra point is three points, one point. I mean, these are crucial points that can decide or separate games. And so they know kind of how crucial it is. And so they, they definitely have your, and these guys, you know, they've, they understand a lot of, they're in it, right. They're in it. So they understand the good times, the bad times, the stress, the pressure that comes with it. And I think they're better at kind of dealing with it than as, a fan that would just this is all you do all day every day is kick a football like how do you ever miss and it's just like okay <laughs> all right you want to smack I those people that, but... right you want to you want to you want to go old school <laughs> nah. on them put them on the wall Matt? i know i know you're a good Keep soul 
You're a good Keep soul, man. You're a good soul. Hey, uh, so oh, obviously yeah. the vibe has changed a little bit because in this off season, um, there's been, you know, you guys were, you know, in, in your guys' division, you guys were kind of on the cusp. You guys were doing your thing. Um, now yeah. you've got, uh, you know, with, with the Bruce Arians, with Tom Brady, with Grunt coming in, you guys is receiving core. I mean, you guys are, you guys are posed to do some damage this year. Um, how has the vibe changed? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's completely changed everything. Uh, and and I we haven't even been with the team. Like, the team hasn't even been able to get together, and I can still feel the vibe has changed. I mean, you bring in a guy like Tom Brady with, I mean, the resume that he has and the standard that he holds, I mean, it definitely makes everyone's, you know, ears perk up a little bit, like, okay. I got, I got to be on my, I got to be on like he, it's super bowl or bust for this guy. And we got to be on your game. And I think it's a culture change completely. I mean, he, he's a guy that can come in and change the culture of a city and the team and bring this whole vibe to, to Tampa. And it's definitely, I'm excited to get back with the team and actually just like be in the locker room and, feel that vibe that that I know is there that I haven't really been able, been able to like get. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely these guys, have, I mean, they're, they're franchise changers, I think. So, I mean, they can definitely change the, the vibe and the culture of, of the city. Well, I was looking at a couple of things and they, these were interesting to me, especially about, I mean, obviously like, I don't think there's any argument about uh, Tom Brady being the goat. Like there's no argument on that six Super Bowls, You're good. But, the thing was, is when I started, uh, when I was uh, getting a chance to be able to spend some time with you, I did the research on it, and four of Tom Brady's six Super Bowls were won by three points or less. Oh yeah, and uh, one of one more actually, or three. It was three were uh, by three points or less, or four, four of them. Uh, then one of them was by four points, and then the other one uh, was by you know. So every time, like most of the victories that he had had to do with your position. Like, oh, yeah. you know, that, that first one when, uh, when Vinatieri, I mean, Vinatieri beat my brother's, my brother's team is the Rams and he's mad about that. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> how, like when you look at those kind of things, when I was looking at it, only six, six Super Bowls in the history of the Super Bowl have been won by three points or less. And four of them were Tom Brady's teams. Yeah. So, and I'm talking to like, this is so cool because with you, that means that, I mean, a lot of times people think like, oh, his receiver is going to be a Scotty Pippen. Uh, you're his Scotty Pippen. Yeah. Is has I that, mean, he, I mean, has that been going through your brain? Like, has that been going through your mind? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, he, look at the kickers he's at. Adam Vinatieri, Steven Goskowski, like big time kickers. Who Matt have won Gay. Him, that's who, what I'm saying. Who have won him, yeah. Who have won him <laughs> Super Bowls. And like 75% of games in the NFL are decided by four points or less. So it is crucial. I mean, that's, that's right. That's the extra point in the first quarter. That's like, it's not just a game winner that you've got to think those points matter. Like throughout a whole game, every single point can, when it comes down to the wire, like could matter. Like every single point could be the decider, could be the difference maker. Like we could win by one point off a, a last second touchdown but 
it was the extra point in the first quarter that 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 is the difference, right? Like yes, sir. All these things, and you you look at those kickers he's had, and you just want to be one of those. You want to add your name to the list. So, I mean, I want to Adam Vinatieri, Stephen Goskowski. I want to throw Matt Gay in that in the name. I want to throw him on the list. That you know, I was up there with with Tom, and I kicked in a Super Bowl. And we won with with Tom Brady, and that's definitely. I mean, it definitely crossed your mind. It's it's opportunity. It's it's a great opportunity, just staring at you in the face. And if you don't look at that and acknowledge it and attack it, then it's gonna slip away. So like that's just my whole mentality is just has completely changed. I mean, I learned a lot last year, and it changed my whole perspective on things. I mean, now even getting Tom Brady and and having the like the change, I guess the vibe change or it's just, it perks your ears up a little bit, you know, and says, okay, I got to be on, like, I'm going to attack this. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And so I'm excited. I just, I'm, I've been getting after it. I've been working hard and I'm just excited to get back with the team and get playing. What are you doing mentally? Like, because like, take us into Matt Gay's mind when you go out and practice, like, I mean, when I was a kid and I, I was saying like, oh, I'm going to play in the NBA, which I knew I wasn't going to be. I was short and white and that wasn't going to happen. But I would be like five seconds left. Jordan's guarding me. Bang. I hit the shot from like two feet. But yeah. are you doing mental things like that? Like when you're out and you're kicking, are you saying like it's five seconds? Like I got to walk up. I got to nail this thing. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll walk up to a kick and, you know, I'll be okay. This is 42 yarder first quarter this is the kick and I'll come in and then I'll be, okay, this is game winning PAT. Like I'll, I gotta, I gotta hit this. And it's just being able to, even when you're out on a field, a high school field with like random people working out and people walking around the track, you've got to be able to go to a place and just focus in and lock in where I'm in a stadium, you know, like I, I'm, it can't be all jokes and games. When I put the helmet on or when I put that ball down, it's got to be – I got to be locked in completely. It's, yes. it's This kick matters. Like, and just not being – like, I can't go out there to a day and go 10 for 12 and be like, you know, it was a good day. It's like, no, I missed I missed two kicks. Like, it's not a good day. Like, I, what am I doing? Like, every single kick has got to go through those uprights. It's got to be good. And just being able to, to you know, control what I can control, uh-huh. understand – my body, understand my misses. Like if I miss hit a ball, what's it going to do? Making sure to minimize the miss. Making sure like I know I've got one miss and if I'm going to miss it, it's still going to go through. Making sure like you, that's that's my miss hit. And if I'm going to miss hit it, it's going to be this miss hit, but it's still going to get through from 45. Like, And just being able to control those things and understand all the little details, just being – aware of the weather like it's a huge part of like kicking just being able to acknowledge okay the wind just changed and just making sure you're always on top of those little those little details because the little things that if you overlook are gonna are gonna freaking get you so that's my mental preparation is just like when I get out on the field it's I'm in a game like it's full force there's definitely days where I go out and I work on some things and you gotta have those days but just being able to completely lock in and, and set yourself apart and go to a different world where you can where you can just be you're there, you know, be able to block everything out else out. 
So how is it coming? Because you came from a, a small town. You grew up in Orem, and I know Orem because I used to. We used to travel out to Tooele and Grantsville, and we yeah. used to be out there. I mean, you're from a small town. Um, you, I mean, literally, uh, there's uh, 32 teams in the NFL. Am I correct? Yeah. So there's only 32 of your jobs on the planet, right? You're from Orem. Yep. You probably have a bunch of boys who you used to hang out with. How were you able to deal with this part of it? Because most likely you got a lot more friends when the NFL hit too, right? That were like, yo, I knew Matt back in the day. And you're like, I didn't know you. You, you lived in my town. Maybe you drove by my house. Like, but how, speak to that yeah. a little bit. And how have you been able to deal in that realm? Because, I mean, you can't go any place in Orem and not like people not know who you are. You're a humble guy. Lucky for, lucky for me, I've had the same friends since I was like five. Okay. And we've, there, we, we've added like a friend here in junior high and this, but our friend group has been super tight knit. And so I'm still friends with the same kids I was friends with like way back. And there'll be people that'll be like, I get messages all the time from people that, are, <laughs> Hey man, you know, it'd be cool to like get some tickets. Isn't it? It's like, dude, I, I played against you in soccer. Like I didn't even know you like, you were on the opposite team. I, yeah, we played against each other, but like, I didn't. And my wife will come home all the time and be like, "Hey, do you do you know this person?" And I'm like, "No." And like, well, I they ran into him, and you know, they said they knew you, and they said they grew up with you, and it was like, I don't know who that. I'm sorry, I don't know who that is. Like, well, they said they know you, and it's like it's kind of like okay, well, but it's cool, you know. It's if if I met them you know, or a few times and, you know, I went to high school with them. That's, that's cool by me. I mean, that's their, that's their shot. You know, they can, they can definitely claim that and, you know, say that that's what it is. That's cool. I, and I gotta be better, right? Like we were just talking to my wife about this the other day. Like I might get 10 times a day, the whole, and especially now, right. I get the, Oh, I mean, Tom Brady is on your team. Like he's a fox, you know, the Super Bowl, like all this stuff. This I get I might get that ten times a day, but for that one person, it might be their one chance to talk to somebody who's in the NFL or like yeah. somehow make a connection with Tom Brady or so for them that's their one opportunity that they might get. And so I gotta understand that and be better about, you know, just having that conversation ten times a day with people and just being able to understand like the perspective they're coming from. And just realize like, you know, I was a kid once I wanted to, I wanted to be famous. I wanted to claim to fame. You yeah. know, I wanted to say that I knew or met this person. And so just understanding like that I was there, you know, I've been there and I'm just blessed and lucky enough to be in that position now. And so I just kind of, you know, got to be better about making sure that I stay humble. I stay yeah. who I always am and not get, a head full of thing. I'm too good to talk to people or not say that I knew that person or I met that, you know? So, well, I think, the, I think the general vibe, that, I think the general vibe though, Matt, like when you get a chance to be able to talk to you, you don't get that vibe at all. Um, I want to switch gears yeah, a little I'm bit good, too. Glad, yeah. Well, and I want to switch gears a little bit too, because I know you went on a mission. You went on a mission for two years. I've always been perplexed on this and, and because I see people who have gone on missions and there, there's such a high percentage of success of people who have come back from missions. My thought is, is that you got okay with hearing no, right? Because you were knocking on doors, right? 
Yeah. And you, you were hearing no a lot. You were hearing not only no, but you had to power through that. How has that helped you in your competitive nature and in the, the game that you're in now that you're okay with maybe somebody saying no? Totally. I mean, missions are, are so tough. I mean, they, they provide a grueling schedule. I mean, you're up early. You go to work all day. You are out in the heat. You're knocking on doors. You're getting told no all the time. You're doing service. It's you don't get to talk to your family. I mean, it really puts you through a grueling kind of like test where you're just kind of like, I got to work for this. And just because just because one 20 people said no or 100 people said no, it doesn't mean that the next person is not going to say yes. Like, you're, you you don't know you never know how close you are like you could be you could be one no one door away from getting the that answer and the thing is when you get that one yes it puts it makes the, the feeling is so much greater than a thousand no's i mean you you really forget all the no's when you get that one yes it's like your your kids screaming crying all day long and then you go to put him to bed and he gives you that little smile and he snuggles into you and you're like, you forget the whole day. You're like, Oh, that everything, that moment, that 10 seconds was worth the screaming of the day. And so the mission definitely put you through that, put you through the ringer and, you know, taught you how to work and how to deal in hard situations and handle, you know, tough environments and kind of just going out on a limb, honestly. I mean, just walking around, talking to people, just, and it just, it definitely prepared you for this life, not alone everything in life. I mean, it really just kind of sets you, prepares you for doing anything. A question I have for you too, man, is you see, yeah. you, you have a reputation as being a great uh, teammate. Um, a couple quotes that you have is, I mean, one of the things that I loved is you said, I want the ball. Like you, when, when it's on the line, I want the ball. And I, I yeah. love that. Uh, the, the other thing that I heard you say that uh, in an interview that was, that was huge to me, you said, and you just rolled it off. You said inside 40 yards, it should be 100%. Oh, yeah. Where does, where does that team side? Because you're a killer, like you're a, you're a cleaner. If, when you read about Tim Grover, you're going to realize that you're a cleaner. How have you been able to be such a great teammate and where does that come from? I don't know. I just think that when, when you demand so much of yourself, other people see it like when I, when I demand so much myself, people see that and they respect it. And they almost say like, okay, he demands that of himself. Like he, I need to be better. I need to be, you know, it, it's almost without even having to say anything. It's just pe people notice that about yourself. And when I have such high expectations for myself and my own game, the people around me better take notice and, and, you know, and they better pick their game up too. And I think just being able to, get the best out of my teammates you know i'm a blunt person and so i've been able to go and you know just talk to people and just say hey what's going on what, what are you feeling why why is this going on how can i help you what do i need to do to get the best to help you be be your best self and that this is kind of coming from soccer because i was more of a vocal leader right okay and so just being able to set the bar high and make sure that like they know that that's, that's the standard that anything below that kind of doesn't cut it. And I don't let myself off the hook. So I'm not going to let you off the hook. 
and just being able to to know that like and be able to take responsibility like nobody wants to hear the guy with excuses right absolutely oh i mean well this could happen so i mean that's giants game i still it's still my fault 100 percent. wow that was a makeable kick i it should have been in i don't care what else happened throughout the rest of the game like i don't care that it was that close to begin with or this could have happened in the second quarter that could have this it came down to me i had the opportunity to win the game and i did it i should have i didn't and so it's just that's it's my fault i i could have won the game and i didn't and i think people respect that and that's kind of how it's always been i mean that they set the bar and you demand a certain amount of respect. And I think people give you that respect. And I think that's respect is what makes a great teammate, not power, this and that. I think when people be able to respect, respect you and also know that you're, I'm just a dude. Like I'm just, I'm just a dude that goes home and watches movies and eats food. You know, like I'm not, I'm not above you. I'm not raising myself. I don't think I'm better than you. It's just like, to do that wants to win and come to work every day and, and be the best that I can be. Nothing, else, no different than you, you know? <laughs> so I think that that respect is just kind of what makes someone a good teammate. So uh, you hear stories like of, of Kobe and Michael Jordan. Um, at times you hear Lance, um, watching Lance uh, a documentary right now. And these are all cleaners. These are all people who are like, to have that killer instinct like you. And I add your name, Matt Gay, into that, uh, into that, that realm because you, you have, you have this lion. Like when you start speaking, I don't know if you know this. Does your wife tell you that when you start speaking about it, like your whole, persona changes like when you start talking about like a competition your your body physically changes and i'll I'll show you the recording of this okay so when when they talk about kobe there's stories of him he would never say it but there were stories of people that said i was supposed to meet kobe at eight o'clock in the morning and we were working out and i showed up and he was already sweaty and already put in three hours of work before i got there at eight o'clock in the morning and yeah tell us about now, I know you wouldn't do this because you're humble, but now I'm asking you, tell us something that you do that people, when they hear about it, they're going to think that's batshit crazy. I can't believe that, that Matt would do that, but that's what you do to be able to get yourself prepared. Ooh, that's a, that's a good question. That's going to make me think for a little bit. That's making me think for a second. Well, I'll tell you this, Tony Robbins, um, my cousin called me one time. He's like, yo, to Tony Robbins to get himself ready. He takes a cold shower every single day. So I was like, man, I want to be like Tony Robbins. So I took a, a cold shower for 60 days straight, no hot water at all. I was mad the whole time at my cousin. Um, but I, I kind of got into the little bit of psyche. Like I hate this shower, but it woke me up. Like it got me, you know, crazy. And all my friends were like, yeah. are you insane? I know you have some stuff because you're a killer. Like, what have you put yourself through that you don't tell people about? Uh, um, sorry, my he's trying to get in the the other car. He left something in it. Let me just no problem. No, really, you're making me you're making me think on this one. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of something that is up to that par of you know, a cold shower every day for what, 60 days to get ready or 
You could use that one too. I tell you, it'll it'll change your life. It'll change yeah, your life. I mean, it's, it'll definitely wake you up. I mean, I've been <laughs> in those ice baths, and it definitely <laughs> it gets you it gets you going for sure. Um. Well, I want you to stew. I want you to stew on that one. We're going to come back to it. Yeah, uh, I'm going to I'm going to stew on that one. Okay, a regimented guy like yourself, a killer like you, which I love being able to talk to because it it helps me in life because like it helps me to understand what is possible. When you're that regimented and you're that good at what you do and you're, dude, there's only 32 positions. Like if there was only 32 real estate, if you're listening and you're in real estate, if there's only 32 real estate agent jobs, like you wouldn't get it no matter who's listening right now. If there was only 32 podcast guys, I probably wouldn't get it. This guy, there's only 32 openings in the world for his job and he got it. How does that translate into your marriage though? Because your regiment doesn't work in marriage. Does, does that work out in marriage too? Or are you like, hey, baby, we're going to do this training, this training, this training, and our marriage is going to be awesome? Talk to that. Oh, no. <laughs> definitely not. And uh, I've definitely had to, like, be able to switch off. Like, when I leave football on that drive home, I have to, like, switch off and come home. Because a lot of times it's like, right, you're in this world where – and I'm still learning how to cope with it. You're in this world where you're under so much scrutiny and pressure and people are getting at you. And it's almost like you just, just tough it up. Like, come on, let's go. And so there's been times where it's like the wife's having a rough day and it's just kind of like, whoa, tough. it, Like, get up, you know what? Like tough it up. Like, like, or I want to fix the problem and just be like, oh, let's fix it. Like, and it's, it's not, that's not what you do. And so definitely, definitely. If you're listening to this, that's not what you do in uh in a marriage and but that's just kind of football is ingrained in my brain to just be like you just do it like you almost don't even acknowledge the fact that it's hard or it's tough or it's this it's just like that's what is what it is and you just gotta do it and just being able to like switch off and come home and just be like all right there's a whole different process to this woman that i need to understand i need to nurture and you know, just letting her vent and talk and not trying to fix the issue, just letting her get it off her chest because that's what they need most of the time. They don't want to, they don't want a problem fixer. They just want someone to talk to and just vent to. And so just being able to do that really is just, it's definitely not the same. And just being able to, to switch off. How long, how long have you been married, Matt? coming up on two years. Okay. So when did you start to recognize this? Did you go into the relationship? Cause I'm laughing because my wife just walked in the room too. Um, when did it start to switch off? Because you're, again, you're a killer. Like if they're uh, like, I heard about a game when you were in, in high school and the other team scored and celebrated like they had just won the Super Bowl, and lion Matt came out. Am I correct on this one? Yeah. Yeah. And what happened in that game? It didn't end very well for them. <laughs> okay. So, so you go from this and then you walk into a marriage. Did you think did in your mind? Cause I, I, I um, I have to have a short memory in my business too. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not yeah. in the NFL, but I have to do this. And I'm very regimented, systematic. And I'm like, I find a problem. I fix the problem. Here you go. This is what yeah. you do. Um, tell us about something specific when you learned the lesson in your marriage early on. Oh no. Um, <laughs> let's see. Let's see. There's a few to choose from. 
I tell you, I came home from a, a, a convention one time. There was about 5,000 people I spoke to. I came off stage. Everyone was taking pictures with me. They waited for like an hour and a half. I have to take all the pictures, you know, do all the stuff. I get home. I get home and I walk in the door and I'm thinking my wife is going to want to take a picture with me because that's what I've been doing all weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like she knows who I am, you know, and I roll in and the first thing out of her mouth was like, take out the trash. And I was like, you don't want to take a picture first. So tell us about, tell us about one of those moments because, uh, uh, it, it probably doesn't work out that way in the home. Am I correct, Matt? No, I mean, there's times where I, where, in college i had a huge game right i had a huge game six for six broke some records you know and i was high life interview after the game all this stuff we come home and i'm expecting like this praise and this love and it was she gave me you know like oh it's such an awesome night I'm proud of you this and that and then it just kind of like ended <laughs> and i'm like why well, aren't you gonna like not literally, but like, aren't you gonna like take my shoes, like praise my, you know, like come on, like I just broke records, like, and it just didn't end very well. I had to really like it. Just that's not how it is at home. Like you're not this, I mean, glorified person who just broke records. Like you're the person who's supposed to take the trash out, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and or. I'm sure you're like people want to talk to you all the time, take pictures with you, like come off the stage and you're so used to being on. There's a lot of times when I come home and I'm like, I'm on all the time taking pictures. I'm out this and that. And I come home and it's just like, check out. I'm checking out. Uh, -uh. I was just on all the time. And I kind of go into this mode where I can just sit on the couch (laughs) and you know, it's not ended very well for me because I then neglect that part of my relationship. Right. My, she needs you to wash the dishes. Yeah. Yeah. I can't check out. I got to come home and I got a son. Like I can't come up. She's been with him all day. So I can't come home and just check out and <laughs> get my time to watch TV and hang out. I, I got to come home and he's had a screaming child. So I got to come home and I got to get him and help her out with him. And there's been some times where I've checked out and I've been gone too much and I left and I'm yeah, feeling you. I'm feeling you. My my wife is, and I don't know if your wife is this way, but when my wife gets hungry, um, I think it's a Utah thing. Um, when my wife gets hungry, uh, things change. Like I don't even know who she is uh, when when she gets hungry. So uh, let's let's go back here. I uh, just got a couple more questions for you. Uh, number one, uh, I just want you to answer that. I'm. It's not even a question. Post game interviews. What goes through your head? Like when you think of post game interviews, like what are the what what are the emotions that go right now when I say that? Uh, be honest, be real, no excuses, and be humble. How are you able to deal with after every single game that the reporters most of the time ask you the exact same questions that they could have just wrote down themselves? Like, I love the fact of, like, in the NBA, they'll get done with the game, and they'll be like, what was the, you know, what was the big factor? And the guy will be like, we hustled, uh, we worked together, and everyone came together. Awesome. I'm out. Do you, does it become routine a bit? Or when you're saying, like, you really want to get across the message when you, when you have those? I think it becomes routine sometimes. I think reporters sometimes are digging for an answer that they want to hear, and 
you just want to deflect it. Like, you know, I'm not going to go there. 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 <laughs> and that's why people, I think, get in this. You know, it was a good game. Team did well, this and that. Okay. But I want people to see, like, yeah, I, I'm not going to go there and share certain things. But I want people to also see that, like, who I am, like, who my personality is and, like, who I'm not just this, yeah, game went well, good game, team effort, this. Like, I'm also – a real person like i'm also honest i'm gonna be real with you i'm not gonna cookie cutter answer you and i'm not gonna just sugarcoat everything i'm gonna you know i'm gonna give it to you straight so that's kind of my viewpoint on interviews as well uh monday morning quarterbacks Monday morning quarterbacks. Yeah, the guys who say, oh, if it was me, I would have won the game. Man, all he has to do is throw the ball. Uh, that guy that's uh, every Monday is like, oh, man, this should have happened when they didn't even play ever. Um, but what what goes through your mind when those kind of comments come? Like, you know. Man in the arena. <laughs> you know that quote? Yes, I did. Theodore Roosevelt, you know. Man in the arena. I mean, it's the thought. I mean, Chicago, Cody Parkey missed that field goal in the playoffs. They then held anyone to come, like, kick that field goal. Like, a thousand fans came and try and kick that field goal. Not a single person made it. So, when that goes through my mind, it's just kind of like people don't realize. Like, you couldn't even kick a ball five feet, dude. Like, yeah, I'm sure you could have thrown better than Jameis. I'm sure you could have had a better game than you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Love yeah. the haters. Of Let course. them talk. Of course. Um, the drowning out the noise. When you hear that. Uh, confidence. I think when you're confident in yourself and you're confident in what you're doing, uh, it doesn't matter what noise is going on. Where does your so, confidence think, come from, Matt? Uh, confident come from my wife, my kid, uh, the love that I have from them, God, knowing that football is a, just a game, you know, and I'm blessed to do it. And I'm, there's so much bigger than football and just, I think like you trying to have that killer instinct, right? Like put the ball down, like, give me the ball, like. And that's just kind of how I always been things, you know, like being able to like, I'll hit this, like, what? oh, my buddies are making fun. Like put the ball down and watch me hit this. How much you want to bet I can do this? And then you do it or you don't do it. And it's just living with, but I'm not afraid to try anything. I'm not afraid to experience failure. Like everyone's going to fail. Like I'm not, I'm not afraid of failure. So I think that's where my confidence comes from. That's incredible, man. So <clears throat> Give us something that you do in your regimen that would make other people throw up like that, 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 that's that separator. Um, cause I mean, I know that there's things when somebody runs a mile, you're going to run a little bit more. Um, when people are tired, you continue to train or else you wouldn't be in the spot where you're at. Have you thought yeah. about that thing that, that you've done? Or even if it's one time that you've done, I remember one time God told me, I want to spend time with you. And I was like, cool, God. And then he said, I want you to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and I want you in the ocean, but I want your head under. And it was during the winter. And I woke up and I said, I don't know if I, or maybe God could just talk to me in my driveway. 
And then he was yeah. like, he said, I told you the beach, I got to the beach and I put my feet in. It was real cold. And he's like, I told you to put your head in. And I went and I put my yeah. head in, but he spoke to me afterwards. What are, so, what is something that Matt has done that separates like that, that, that is that, that craziness. I, I, th- I think it's, I think it's a moment in life. I mean, I risked everything to like pursue this. I, I had a good thing. I was a, I was on D one scholarship playing soccer, had a good thing going, living, hanging out with my friends. You know, it wasn't a way to do this. I quit soccer. I gave up a full ride to college i then had to go to a field buy footballs start kicking and teaching myself how to kick i had to take out thousands of dollars in student loans to walk on at university of utah i then ended up winning the job got put on scholarship went off paid off all my loans like my wife has sacrificed everything to, for me to be in this position I'm in and just putting in work. I remember days of just after practice coming home and just going, you know, like a bad day of practice. And I go, I'll go hit 50 balls. I'm going to hit another 50 balls to go, to go figure this out. And I'm going to go, I'm going to show up early. I'm going to get out there. you like, right. Like I'm going to, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to be the first one on the field. I'm going to hit 20 balls. I'm going to be warmed up before they come out. And I'm going to train myself to where my leg doesn't wear out. I'm going to train myself where I don't have that point of, you know, I want my leg to be strong enough to where I can last 16 game season. I can kick, I can out kick anybody. I've got the distance to, hit the 60 plus yarder that I need in a game, but I've also got the control to make the the shorter ones. And that's a big thing I'm working on right now is making sure that I've got that power and that, that mental makeup. I mean, and people don't want to take the time to do mental imagery. People don't want to take the time to just sit there and, and do these things that are so minuscule and kind of boring and taxing. But when all said and done, that's the thing that's going to separate me from, from the next guy the next guy doesn't want to take the 30 minutes of mental imagery and lay on a couch and close his eyes and figure out, you know, try and picture himself winning games. So it's not one thing I do all the time. I think it's just a totality of my career and building up to being where I am and just what I've had to do to get here. That's incredible, man. That's incredible. So, what is, what was your pinch me moment? You got into the, you you know, obviously you've had a pinch me life, uh, sounds like, but what's that pinch, like what, uh, tell us the most recent pinch me moment, like that you're like, oh, I'm, I'm in this spot. I think it kind of comes like every, every so often I'll just like, I'll get this feeling like, holy, like, wow. Like I'm in the, like I'm in the NFL. <laughs> like I'll have to text my buddies and be like, dude, like I'm in the NFL. And they're like, yeah, dude. Like, 
it's just like almost every so often. I think the biggest big moment was when I got drafted. It was like that was real. It was like because I I I don't even. I mean, I've only played football for th- really for three years. Good lord. So I mean, I mean, I played two years of college, and I had good years in college, and it was kind of like this could be a, this could be a potential thing. I could go to the NFL. Like I've always, if I set out to do this, I set out to do it because I was going to go to the NFL, and the potential was there, the thought was there, and then when I got drafted, it was kind of like, like whoa, holy cow! Like I'm, uh, I, I'm in it. Like I didn't just get a free agent deal; I got freaking drafted. Like <sighs> this is real. But every now and again, it's just like I text my buddies and just be like, dude, like, <laughs> I'm in the NFL. This is just nuts. <laughs> like, right? This is, and that's why, that's what keeps me going. I mean, I'm, I'm young in this. I mean, I'm, last year was my third year kicking, really. I, I have so much to learn and so much to just, you know, figure out and, and get better at, learn my body. And so I, that's what keeps me going is like, I'm not. I feel like I'm not even close to as good as I I can be. I feel like there's so my ceiling, there's so much more potential for me to reach because I I'm so young in this. I I've I've only been doing it for a little bit and I yes, I've been blessed to have the success I've had, but like there's so much more for me to learn. There's so much more for me to get better at and that I can perfect and that I can reach. And so I think that kind of keeps me going like I'm not I'm not at a plateau. You know the hay's not in the barn. I mean, I got to there's a lot of work to be done and I can get a lot better than I am. So I think that's just kind of what keeps me going. And the, my, that's the pinch me moment. It's just kind of like every now, it literally comes every now and again. I'll just like text my buddies, dude, like, I'm in the NFL. This is weird. <laughs> Try that text to your wife one time. But, I won't work the same. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> She'll be like, yeah, yeah, clean up the yard. Um, so this is this is uh, this is one of those things where you know at, at five years old, six years old, if I would have said, "Hey Matt, uh, how you doing, man? You're going to be in the NFL," you would have been like, "Dude, that's straight Star Wars. Like that's a galaxy far, far away." I mean, yeah. you just started. You just told me you started kicking only three years ago. You just told me when you were struggling, like when I said, uh, "You know, give me that moment that you pushed through." You were struggling for that, but then you just told me a whole list of them, and one of them that you glazed over was you had a full-ride scholarship for soccer, and you walked away from it to become a walk-on at another college. You've been kicking yeah, for three well, years, right? I walked away from it. I walked away from it with nothing. I, I, I walked away with it to go to a high school field, buy some footballs, and try to learn how to kick. So you didn't have I, a guarantee even, at another school? I had nothing. I had to, once I walked away and quit, I then had to reach out, try and find uh, a tryout, try and find someone who would work me out. I messaged people and texted people that said, hey, do you know this person at Utah or do you know this person at this college that can give me a tryout? Like, I just want to this. And then finally someone, I got a few tryouts. Uh, Utah had a specialist camp in the summer that, was mainly for high school kids coming out, trying to get noticed. And, you know, I was this 23-year-old kid that had been just (laughs) doing nothing. And I went to the camp. I won the camp. And then they offered me a walk-on spot. And that was six months after I walked away from my scholarship. So, I mean, it was – I walked away from my scholarship with no guarantee of anything. Like, I just – I walked away. I bought some footballs, and I went to a field and started – teach myself how to really kind of kick and 
yeah, that's kind of how it all came to be. And then. So for those of you listening, realize that this guy right now is 26 years old. He's got one of the 32 jobs in the world. And three years ago, he didn't have anything at all. And now he's at the pinnacle, the pinnacle of, uh, of the sport, which is absolutely crazy. So Matt, help us with this. What is now like you, you've experienced what a five-year-old Matt would have thought as Star Wars, like way out there. Yeah. What, what now is Matt's Star Wars? Uh, my Star Wars is, you know, I want to be, I want to be the greatest kicker of all time. I want to, I want to be in the Hall of Fame. I want to have multiple Super Bowl rings. I want to have a load of kids. I want to have a happy family. I want to give them a good life and provide for them to give them opportunities that they they can have to pursue their dreams and I mean but sports specifically I want to be the greatest there we go I don't know why that's what I would do this if I wasn't trying to try to be the best so that's why I feel like the ceiling's high there's a lot I can still learn and get better at and man well I want to go to I want to be I want to be there I believe it I believe it. So uh, last thing, I generally have uh, everybody on the podcast look into the screen and tell a message to the listeners what they would, uh, what, what, what they would want their either legacy to be or a, me- a message. I'm, I'm going to be uh, selfish here. I would like you to look into the screen and tell the whole reason why I started this podcast is because I wanted to take iconic people like yourself and I wanted to humanize them for my kids. I have two children, Maddox and McKenna, and I wanted them to understand that uh, a kicker in the NFL at your level is nothing more than a person who's willing to work their passion. And I want them to understand and not have idols in their life because I want them to be focused on God, but for them to look and say, I respect Matt for what he does. And in the event that he does that, if I work my passion, I can uh, uh, accomplish crazy levels at what it is that I'm doing. So can you speak to Maddox and McKenna, uh, send them a message um, both of them, my, my, my little man plays football right now. My little girl, she's into crafting and baking and she plays softball. Matt, look into the screen and tell Maddox and McKenna a, uh, a message, uh, that you think that, uh, that would help them. Uh, going back to what you said, don't, don't idolize worldly things. I mean, God is the head of everything and God's given us everything, everything in this life on this world is just a privilege and a blessing that we get to experience. And if we honor him, if you honor God, honor yourself, honor your family, then he'll take care of you and he'll take care of you in a way where if you work hard for something and if you've got a gift at something and you put the effort and the faith towards achieving that and give it your all that you can achieve it. And that's what I did three years ago. I wanted, I wanted to do this and I put everything aside. You know, I, I prayed to God and asked God and, you know, said, be with me on this. And if this is your will, then, then take me there. And that's kind of everything I've achieved is because of him and everything I will achieve is because of him. And if I can honor him through all this, then 
that's all that matters. If I can honor him, I can honor my family and make my kids proud, then that's the only thing that matters. And it doesn't matter what it is that you do. Just do it well and do it stand up and, you know, you'll live a good life and you'll be happy. And that's my message to you guys is God is God is center. God is all. And don't idolize anything in this world. I mean, this is just a, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. So that's my message to you guys is keep that, keep that in mind, keep that in the backyard, work hard and you can, uh, you can do what you want, everything you want to do. Well, I tell you, that's a, that's a drop the mic moment. I thank you so much for being on the podcast. I am going to tell you this, Matt, I'm going to force you to be my friend for the rest of your life. Um, I, I, I look forward to the season. I look forward to you smashing records. Uh, I look forward to you winning playoffs, uh, Super Bowls, the Hall of Fame, all those things. Um, I just think that it's amazing. And your, your mentality is so incredible. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time. All of you who are listening, subscribe, click the like button, do all the stuff you need to do. Uh, but Matt Gay, you are gangster. Uh, I am such Thanks, a bro. huge fan of that. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.